Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Warth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Miracles are happening. Miracles are happening at Chapel of Change. I uh, preached several weeks on the glory of the Lord, several weeks ago on the glory of the Lord, and I shared how God, Jesus, gives us signs to reveal his glory that we might believe in him deeper. And that home is another sign uh, of the glory of God upon Chapel of Change uh, in that we might believe him more and worship him more. Someone shout amen. Well, it's good to uh, see everybody at our 10 a.m. service. The Lord is filling up the house of the Lord, and we're worshiping the Lord here at our Paramount campus at 10 a.m. We also want to welcome those online. Let's make some noise for all of them watching online. God bless you. We broadcast our services on Sundays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 12.30, and then the Thursday midweek also. So in case you cannot make it to the house of the Lord, uh, you could also join us online and get the worship and the word. Someone shout amen. You know, I was reminded about the house, right? And we, we have this task of, of a 30-day makeover. Like, we have 30 days to make over that house, put uh, new walls and, and new flooring and, I don't know, a bunch of different new stuff. The pool is getting renovated. But I never watched them shows about 30-day makeover. I never really watched them shows, but it kind of reminds me of that. It kind of reminds me of that. And I want to just thank all the brothers and even the sisters who will help in the future uh, that have been going to the home and, and contributing your time and your resources and your skill. Uh, we, we recently had one of the brothers at our church, uh, Jesse Marquez, is a union leader in the carpentry uh, field, and he was able to send in some carpenters from the union uh, a couple days ago. Come on, somebody, to volunteer their time. And then all the different brothers who, who just came in, and we still need help, though. We still need help. So if you want to contribute this week, we have some things that we got to clean up and move around. And so let, let me know. Let Pastor Irene know, and we could uh, assign you a couple hours. And the house is just right here. Like, I could we could walk like one day we're going to walk there it's just right here on the parking lot right it's right here on the parking lot and one day we'll do an open house i can't wait till we do an open house and we celebrate that and another thing that i'm praising god for is that the lord has given us favor with the neighbors come on somebody that ain't that major if you, if you ain't got favor with your neighbors uh, it makes just life a little bit harder and I thank God that we, uh, the Lord has given us favor with the neighbors. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I want to honor uh, Pastor Manny. Stand up, Pastor Manny. Give, let's give the Lord uh, uh, praise for Pastor. Stand up, Pastor Manny. Pastor Manny is actually, he owns a construction company, and he is actually leading the 30-day makeover, and he's contributing his time and his skill and his talent uh, uh, to helping the house. So let's give the Lord a hand praise. Thank you, uh, Brother Manny, for your service. Isn't it good to have people of God in influential places? 
Isn't that good? Like, we got people, we got people, man. We got people in, in various places. And it's just a reminder that wherever you're at, like whether you're in school or in the work or in the library, that is your mission post. That's where God has you to be salt and light to wherever God has you. We are all called to be missionaries for the kingdom of God. There's not a special few. It's the whole church. And if you don't have that view, you're going you're gonna to probably dread your work. You're going, well, I got to get up and go to work today. Well, I got to get up and go to school today. No, God is sending you in there with purpose and power and a calling. Someone shout amen. Now, that was not the message, but I hope it encouraged somebody. Um, as you guys know, uh, during the month of October, uh, we launched a 30-day prayer challenge. 30-day prayer challenge. We do this every October because October is our anniversary month, and we want to go into this new year aligned with God. And the way that we align ourselves with God is through prayer. Someone shout amen. And as you know, uh, we launched 40 pra- around 40 prayer stations throughout the different cities uh, that we're at. We're passing out this yellow flyer that has all the locations to the prayer stations. Ooh, that rhymed right there. All the locations to the prayer stations. And we are challenging the church. You, it's not too late. Join a prayer station. It's only once a week. And you pray for an hour. And let me tell you something. If you... Start making prayer a lifestyle. It will change your life drastically. It will change your life drastically. So make sure you get a flyer in the lobby. Look at uh, these prayer stations. We have them at every, almost every kind of moment of the day. We, there, there are options right here. Like if you don't pray this month, uh, I'm going to tell God on you. And but you have options, and we have prayer stations in the park. If some of you want to go to a park, I want to show you this, this picture of a prayer station uh, in the park. If we have it right there, that park is in Lamita, right? We actually have prayer stations in various parks. We have a, a prayer station in a park in Wilmington. We have a prayer station in a park in San Pedro up on top of the hill. So, so if you want to pray in the park, uh, I, they even got food there right there. I mean, you could get free breakfast and prayer right there. Uh, we have prayer stations in homes. I want to show you this picture. This is in Long Beach. Some of our uh, sisters here, Sister uh, Cynthia, opening up her home for prayer. Come on, somebody. When you have, come on, somebody, using your home for the glory of God. That is something special right there. Uh, we have prayer stations in, in the church. Like you can come to the church and pray. Uh, we have prayer stations even online. I want to show you that lots of people are joining online on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at like 8 in the morning, 8 30 in the morning and they're logging in and they're connecting in prayer you 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 don't even have to comb your hair you just jump out of bed and slide into prayer someone shout amen we even have our children praying come on somebody we even have our children at prayer station i mean we want to saturate our lives in prayer because god works to the level that we pray and we want god to work in your life in a in a in a mighty way someone shout amen so in line with calling us to pray uh, every month 
uh, we dedicate it to teaching you how to pray. We don't want to just call you to pray. We want to equip you and, and show you and, and, and teach you from the Bible uh, how to pray. And we launched this series on the weekend called All in Prayer. Someone say All in Prayer. And last week, we gave an introduction uh, to the importance of prayer. If you, have, if you didn't, uh, weren't with us last week, you go on a YouTube page, Chapel of Change TV, catch up, learn that lesson about the importance of prayer. But today, we want to understand about fervent prayer, fervent prayer. Someone say fervent prayer. Um, I, I want to teach you uh, what fervent prayer is about. I want, I want to help us to understand uh, some of the components of fervent prayer. And we're going to be turning uh, to the book of Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Colossians is in the New Testament, so it's uh, towards the right of your Bible. And we are actually going to be learning... Or looking uh, at a brother uh, who made it into the Bible because of his prayer life. I want us this morning uh, to examine this brother um, who made it into the Bible because of his prayer life. Now think about that. To make it into the Bible. Like his life, his name, Epaparus made it into the Holy Scripture. Think about that for a second. What an honor, right? What, what a privilege. What, what a blessing to have made it into the Holy Bible. And now we're talking about you 2,000 years later. Now, it's interesting because he didn't make it into the Bible because uh, he was a good preacher, like, it wasn't because he preached powerful messages or taught powerful lessons. That's not why he made it into the Bible. He, he also didn't make it into the Bible because he built a, a powerful ministry or a powerful church. No, that's not why he made it into the Bible. But this brother made it into the Bible because he had a powerful prayer life. And to the degree that God Almighty, through the power of the Holy Spirit, working through Apostle Paul, said, man, that brother knows how to pray. And because he knows how to pray and because he's an example of prayer, I need to put him in my Holy Bible so that 2,000 years later, Chapel of Change, as they're learning to pray, as they're learning to, to, to pray, they can go back to the Bible and learn from this testimony. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? So this brother had a powerful testimony. His name is Epaparus, Epaparus. And uh, let's, let's, let me read this scripture because this is our foundational text. And then I'm going to dissect some of the words here to help us understand uh, what fervent prayer is about. So listen to the word of God. It says, Epaparus, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, Greet you, always laboring, someone say always, notice that, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his word. Now, this scripture 
this description of his life is filled with spiritual meat. It's, it's filled with some dynamite. But there's three key words that I want I us to take notice. And that is the word words always, laboring, fervently. Always, laboring, fervently. Always, laboring, fervently. If you have your Bible, I would circle those words. Always, laboring, fervently. And so today we're going to think about what fervent prayer is about. Today in our study, as we approach the Holy Bible, we are going to seek to understand some various components of fervent prayer. Does everybody understand our assignment this morning? Does everybody understand our goal? Like, why, why are we looking at the Bible this morning? Well, this morning, we're seeking to understand, by way of Epaphras' testimony, what fervent prayer is about. Now, as we seek to dissect this text... The first thing that I would call out is that fervent prayer is a lifestyle. Someone say lifestyle. Fervent prayer is a lifestyle. Now, let me read the text again. It says, Epaparus, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you. And look at this word right here. Always. Always. Notice that word. Pause for a second. Always. If you have your Bible, underline that word always. It's key. It's a key to describing his prayer life. Look at that word. Always. Someone say always. Someone say always. So here we find Epaparus, right, whom the Bible describes was always praying. Notice that. Notice that description. He's always praying. Praying, not complaining. Hello, somebody. Not griping. Not not getting mad at the at the darkness and pointing pointing a, a fist at the darkness. No. It, notice the description. He's always praying. What what a testimony that is. What a testimony to have. What a life to live. Now, let's think about that word always praying. Let's think about that. Does, does that mean he prayed uh, every second of the day? Does that mean he prayed literally with every breath that he took? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's what that means, but uh, I'm convinced that it does mean prayer was a lifestyle for him. Prayer was a lifestyle for him. That word always describes that prayer was a lifestyle uh, to Epaparus. It means that prayer was part of his infrastructure. Pray prayer was part of his foundation. It means that he developed uh, a rhythms of prayer in his life. It, it means that he devoted himself to prayer. It means that he devoted himself to prayer. He gave himself to prayer. That prayer wasn't this peripheral thing on the outside of his life. No, prayer was at the center of his life. It means that prayer wasn't his last result, but prayer was his first option. It wasn't his last option, but it was his first option. It means that he didn't just pray when things went bad, but he prayed when things was good. It means that he didn't just pray when he got into trouble, but he prayed when he was blessed. It was part of his foundation, his infrastructure, his DNA. Someone shout amen. He, he was literally living out 
what Apostle Paul described in 1 Thessalonians 5, 7, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Apostle Paul, he, he instructed us to pray without ceasing. And when we think about that, my brothers and sisters, we were designed to pray. We were created to pray. Like we were designed to stay connected to God. We were created to have a, have a, a vibrant connection to God. We, we were designed not to be far away from God. And prayer is, the, is, is, is like the oxygen to our lungs. Prayer to the Christian is like oxygen to our lungs. Without, without prayer, we will soon choke out off of the fumes of the world. Without prayer, we will soon choke out. Without prayer, our lives will eventually collapse. Without prayer, we will not get the sp uh, spiritual nutrients that we need to feed our soul to keep us healthy in a contaminated world. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? So it's foundational, it's, it's critical, and we were designed as, as human beings to stay connected to God through prayer. And Epaphras developed this, this lifestyle of prayer, this lifestyle, it's a lifestyle, not a last option, but a lifestyle of prayer. And he's not the only one either. He's not the only one e either. The, the mighty men and women of God in the Bible, they, they developed a, a lifestyle of prayer too. The mighty men and women of the Bible, they developed a, a, a lifestyle of prayer. And, and we are to follow the patterns of the, of the mighty men and women of God in the Bible. They, they are models for us. Someone shout amen. Daniel, uh, the Old Testament prophet, lived a lifestyle of prayer. In Daniel chapter 6, listen how it describes his life. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. That describes a lifestyle right there. That describes a lifestyle. He got down on his knees three times a day. And you remember, eventually, uh, Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, but the lions did not eat him. And one of the reasons why I believe he was resistant to the lions is because his life was saturated with prayer. One of the reasons why I believe that he was delivered from the lions is because he was already praying before he got into the, into the cave or, or the hole, right? He didn't just pray when he was surrounded by lions, but he made it as a lifestyle, and therefore it prepared him to face the lions. Lifestyle of prayer. Many men of women of God, men and women of God in the Bible, they developed a lifestyle of prayer. Prayer was not a last option for them. It was the first option. David, whom God took from the sheep pen to the palace, lived a life of prayer. In Psalms 55, verse 17, it said, he says, he testified, he said, evening and morning and at noon. Evening and morning and at noon. Notice that phrase, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray. I will pray and cry aloud. He shall hear my voice. That describes a lifestyle. I'm going to do it in the morning. I'm going to do it at noon. And I'm going to do it in the evening. Prayer was primary for even the early church. 
When the church was birthed in the book of Acts chapter 2 and, and we came on the scene and we began to explode and, and, and people began to uh, get saved and, and come into the kingdom of God. Uh, one of the reasons why we experienced revival is because prayer was primary to the early church. Prayer was primary to the early church. It describes it in Acts chapter 1 verse 14. Listen to how, uh, it, it, what it says. It says they all, someone say all. That's, that's all in right there. It says, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Prayer was primary to the early church, and it is the reason, one of the reasons why they experienced a revival, and they experienced re a renovation of heart, and they experienced healings and, and miracles because they saturated their life with prayer. Someone shout amen. Even Jesus, when we study his earthly ministry, God in the flesh, even Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our Messiah, he had a lifestyle of prayer. Jesus demonstrated a lifestyle of prayer as a model for us. He prayed early in the morning. He prayed in the evening. He prayed all night one time. He prayed when things got out of hand. He prayed when life got busy. He prayed before great temptations. He prayed in the middle of great temptations. He prayed in the middle of pain. He even prayed when he was hanging on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What is that? That's a prayer. He modeled for us a lifestyle of prayer. He didn't make prayer a last option. He made prayer a first option, and therefore he was prepared for whatever the devil threw at him. Amen. Fervent prayer is a lifestyle. And I noticed uh, in the early church, they had this lifestyle of prayer. Just listen to this verse right here in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. The New Living Translation, it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. I was reading that and I kind of put a smile on my face that the early church had a prayer station. The early church had a prayer station. They prayed at three o'clock every day in the temple. And where would you find the early disciples? Where did you find Peter and John going according to Acts 3.1? It says Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Peter and John said, I got a prayer station to go to. I'm going to the prayer station. And when you, when you read the rest of Acts chapter 3, you'll notice that God used them to perform a mighty miracle. And I believe it's because they prioritized prayer in their life. I believe it's because they made prayer a primary situation or thing in their life. And I believe that if they, if they were alive today, they would ask us. The first thing they would ask them was when they come to Chapel of Change. They wouldn't ask who the pastor is. They won't ask who the worship leader is. I believe the first thing that they would ask if they came to Chapel of Change is, where's the prayer station? When is the prayer station? Let me know right now. And we would have to hand them a flyer. Here's the prayer station. You got 40 of them to pick from. What? 40 of them? Man, back in my day, we just had one. It was at 3 o'clock. Prayer was primary because it was a lifestyle. Someone shout amen. amen. The second thing that I want us to notice is that fervent prayer is hard work. Hard work. Go back to Colossians 4.12. It says, always laboring. Someone say laboring. 
Circle that word laboring, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Now, let's think of this word laboring for a moment. Because uh, what does that mean? When it said that Epaparus was laboring in prayer, like, let, let us think about that word for a moment. That word laboring speaks of hard work. It speaks of serious effort. That word laboring speaks of exerting oneself against great difficulty. That word laboring speaks of striving. Striving. So that word laboring, it speaks of hard work. It speaks of serious effort. It speaks of exerting oneself against great difficulty. It speaks of striving. In, in the Greek language, which the New Testament was originally written in, uh, this word uh, laboring uh, is the word that is used to describe a man working at his job until he's utterly weary. This word in the original Greek language is used to describe a man working at his job until he's utterly weary. It is the same word that is used to describe a fighter competing in an arena to win a prize. This word laboring in the original Greek language was used to describe a fighter that was in the middle of the arena fighting for a prize. This, this same word is used to describe a soldier battling for his life. Battling for his life. They use the same word in, in the Greek language to describe a soldier battling for his life. This same word is used to describe a man struggling to deliver his friend from danger. This, you, this word laboring, it's a powerful word picture. It's used to describe a man working hard until he's utterly weary. It's used to describe a fighter in the midst of the arena fighting for a prize. It's used to describe a soldier battling for his life. It's used to describe a man struggling to deliver his friend from danger. So now that we have this picture in our mind of what this word looks like, the question is, does our, does our prayer life look like that word? I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens for that, but, but we got to look into it. Does, do, does all that describe our prayer life? How, how would God describe our prayer life? If, if, because for some reason, the Lord looked upon Epaparus' life, and he, he evaluated Epaparus' life, and he noticed his prayer life stood out. But if God evaluated our prayer life, I wonder how it would stand out. I wonder how, what he would say. I wonder, I wonder what he would write. See, the Bible knows no casual prayers. The Bible knows no casual prayers. In fact, one of our favorite definitions of prayer that I always like to bring before us is that prayer is co-laboring with God to help manifest his will on earth. This is one of the most powerful definitions of prayer that I like. Is that prayer is co-laboring. It's co-working with God to help manifest his will on earth. Notice that co-laboring with God, working with God. God works when we work. God works when we work. And, and prayer takes time. Prayer takes energy. And prayer takes hard work. It takes time, it takes energy, and it takes hard work. And, 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 and we want God to work on our behalf, but God is waiting for us to work in prayer. 
See, our hard work in prayer uh, gives God a window to do hard work in our life. Our hard work in prayer give God a window to do hard work in our life. God wants us to participate in the miracles he will perform in our life. Some of y'all are believing God to do a miracle in your life. Like what you're asking God to do in your life is a miracle. Some of y'all are asking for a miracle and God is saying, listen, you can't be spiritual, spiritually lazy and expect for me to show up and do a miracle in your life. No, I want you to participate with me in the miracle through praying for the miracle so that when it comes to pass, we, we are giving glory to God. Does this make sense to anybody? We can't be spiritually lazy and expect God to do miracles in our life. God doesn't serve us. We serve him. We are the servants of God. God is not the servant of us. And so he says, listen, you want a miracle? I want to give you a miracle. You want a breakthrough? I want to give you a breakthrough. But join, pray, 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 pray. And so I'm encouraging us. Listen, we need to work harder in prayer. We need to work harder in prayer. That's just the bottom line. We need to work harder in prayer. If your boss came to you at your work and says, you know, you're doing a good job, but I need you to work just a little bit harder. Chances are you would say, okay, well, God is telling us as a people, you're doing good. You're in the right direction. You're in the right place. But I need you to pray just a little bit harder. Romans 15 verse 30 Apostle Paul says, now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the spirit that you strive. Notice that word strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Prayer is hard work. Prayer is hard work. Fervent prayer is, is, is hard work. And guess what? Our family is counting on it. Our family is counting on our prayers. Our kids are counting on our prayers. Your future, your future is counting on your prayers. Your, there is a future self for you to walk into. There is a future blessed life for you to step into. And your future, your future is counting on you to pray. Your future is counting on you to pray. And prayer is co-laboring with God to help manifest his will in your life. So, so there's some things uh, that God wants to manifest in your life. But God will only work to the degree that we pray. And so that's why we're encouraging people. Let's pray, 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 pray. Someone shout amen. amen. Let's pray. Let's, let's, let's pray. Let's, let's put in the work. I remember, um, I think it was the first year we committed October to praying, and I really didn't want to do it because I thought if we taught on prayer that people would not come to church, and I thought if people didn't come to church, then, um, then we would be digressing instead of increasing, and so I kind of pushed back on God 
um, about committing a whole month to prayer. Uh, and then also, I mistakenly thought, like, I said, God, if people don't come to church, then people are not going to give. And if people don't give, we ain't going to have money to pay the bills on this church. And, and I mistakenly thought that. And, but finally, praise the Lord, I finally lifted up my hands and I, and I surrendered to the will of God. And I said, let's do this. Let's jump out into the deep. And we committed the whole month to praying. And uh, we launched prayer stations. And my, my wife and I taught on prayer from that. We birthed the school of prayer. And did you know that that month we had the highest attendance in our church? We had the highest attendance because when you do God's will, he'll take care of you. And, and, and also on the last Sunday of that month, I shared this before, but I got to celebrate this uh, again. On the last Sunday of the month, when we came in for the early service in the lobby, somebody called me to the side in the lobby and said, Brian, can I talk to you? And I said, yes. And I took him to the back room and this individual handed our church a check for $144,000 on the last day of our 30 days of prayer. And God was telling us, don't you ever uh, resist what I'm trying to do in your life. If you follow me and teach my people to pray, I will open up the windows of heaven over your life and your church. Someone shout amen. amen. So I said that to say some of y'all need to just come, up with your, come out with your hands up and say, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Lastly, uh, when we think of fervent prayer, um, fervent prayer is passionate. It's passionate. Someone say passionate. Go back to Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Look at what it says. It says always laboring fervently. Circle that word fervently. It says he was always laboring fervently in prayers. So fervently speaks of heated. That word fervently speaks of being lit. That word fervently speaks of passion. That word uh, fervently speaks of heartfelt. So, so when, he, when he was engaging in prayer, he prayed fervently. He prayed he, uh, uh, heated prayers. His, his prayers were lit. Uh, he prayed passionate prayers. He, he, he prayed from his heart. He prayed heartfelt. Listen, I want to remind you, the Bible knows no casual prayers. The Bible knows no casual prayers. I like James chapter 5 verse 16, the TPT translation. Listen to what it says about prayer. It says, for tremendous power. Someone say power. Tremendous power is released. Uh, man, we need a fresh release of God's power in our life, right? We need a fresh release of God's power over our church. We're preparing for a revival out in that tent in October, and we're believing God to heal. We're believing God to deliver. We're believing for some breakthroughs. Uh, we're believing for people to be delivered from depression, uh, delivered from discouragement, uh, delivered from curses. We need a fresh release of God's power right here in the name of Jesus. And notice what it says. It says, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. God is saying, I want to release the power. I got power for your life. I got power for your marriage. I got power for your purpose. I got power for your family. But it's only going to be released through that passionate, heartfelt prayer. Passionate, heartfelt prayer 
prayer. Away with the casual prayers. Away with the feel-good prayers. Passion is an intention, emotion. Passion is an expression of, of great zeal. Passionate prayers get the attention of God. Passionate prayers get the ear of God. Passionate prayers open up the windows of heaven. This brother Epaphroditus got into the Bible because he prayed passionately. He got the attention of God. Do you know how many people God got to deal with a day? You know how many people God got to deal with a day? And somehow this brother Epaphroditus got the ear of God to zone in on his life and say, man, you got my attention to the degree. I'm going to write your testimony into the Holy Bible. And 2,000 years later, Chapel of Change is going to turn up the heat because of what you did. Passionate prayer gets the attention of God. E.M. Bounds, one of the most uh, powerful prayer warriors uh, in history, he wrote, he said, it is only when the whole heart is gripped with the passion of prayer that the life-giving fire descends, for none but the earnest man gets access to the ear of God. So we're challenging you, turn up the heat. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Think about what God has done in your life. Think about how he has delivered you. Think about how he saved you. Think about how he put money in your pocket. Think about how he gave you favor when, when everybody else turned it back on you. It was God that picked you up and put you on a rock. Think about that every time you go to approach God in prayer. Think about what you want God to do in the future. Think about how you want God to take you to a certain place. Do a certain thing in your life and, and reflect upon that as you approach the presence of God. For it's none but the earnest man or woman that gets access to the ears of God. David's prayers were passionate too. In Psalms 4.1, he said, Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Look at the exclamation marks on that. That brother was passionate. Away with the casual prayers. We got too much on the line for us to come to God in, in a non-passionate way. Look at the exclamation mark. He said, hear me when I call, oh God. In Psalm 6, 4, he says, return, oh Lord, deliver me. Deliver me. Look at that exclamation mark right there. Deliver me, oh save me for your mercy's sake. That's passion. He's pleading with God. He's passionately pleading with God for deliverance. The men and women of God who prayed in the Bible knew no casual prayers. They pled with God. They yelled at God in a positive way. They cried out to God, Lord, deliver my spouse. Lord, deliver my son. Lord, deliver my daughter. Hannah cried out to God, Lord, deliver me from my shame. They got the ear of God. Elijah's prayers were also passionate. In James 5, 17, it says he prayed earnestly. Someone say earnestly. He prayed earnestly. He prayed fervently. He prayed passionately. He knew that those effects which are, are the greatest and most significant require the most extreme and passionate prayers of faith. 
He was asking God to move a mountain in his life. He was asking God to do a miracle in this world. And therefore he knew that he had to turn up the heat in his prayer life. Elijah was intense as he cried out to God. And God responded to the, to, to the level of his intensity. God responded to the level of his, of his intensity, bringing a far-reaching impact that not only affected Elijah, but everybody else in the nation and in the world. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we forge ahead in this month of prayer, as we forge ahead to revival in October, uh, as we look ahead, as we march through this month, my encouragement to us is may we put the fire in the prayer or put the prayer in the fire. Let's turn it up. Let's get lit in prayer. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. I want us to bow our heads for a couple of moments. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple of moments, let's, let's reflect upon the word of the Lord. What was God trying to get across to us? What was God saying to us? And I want to I give us space to pray. Not only to reflect, but to pray. After we reflected for a couple moments, hallelujah, that's how our prayers got to be to God. That's how we got our prayers that, like that got our attention. Our prayers got to get God's attention like that. So I want us to bow our heads. And after we reflect for a couple moments, I want to give you space to pray. Just to exercise what we talked about this morning. Some of you got needs upon your heart. Maybe it's for a child. Maybe for it's a job. Maybe for it's a marriage. Maybe it's for your school. Some of you got needs that you're, you need God to move in. So let's bow our heads. Let's reflect upon the word of the Lord. And then after a couple moments of reflection, I want us to all to go in just a couple moments of prayer. You could just pray right where you're at. But I want us to call upon the mighty name of Jesus on behalf of the prayer requests in our heart. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord.
Lord, Father God, you hear the prayers of your people. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're a God that hears, Lord, Father God, that you're a God that's close to us, God. And Lord, we lift up these prayers to you on an individual basis, Lord. You know what's going on in our hearts, Lord, in our minds, the things that are oppressing us, the things that are causing us, um, distracting us and, and discouraging us, Lord. So, God, we know that your concerns are greater than ours, Lord. So in our situations, Lord, you are diligently wanting to come and remove that and make things right, Lord, because you're a God of order, God. So, God, we ask that you hear our prayers, Lord. We ask that you send your warring angels, Lord. Dispatch your warring angels, God, to destroy anything the enemy is trying to do against us. God, we thank you, Lord, that you fight our battles, Lord. And right now, Lord, as we give this to you, Lord, our everything, we, we are releasing this, Lord, because we want you to come in and make everything right and new, God. So with that, God, may you be glorified. May you be honored, Lord. May you show yourself faithfulness to us, Lord, Father God. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Yes, let's give a, the Lord a hand praise. Man, who wants to be like Epaphras? Amen. I, I got a lot of work to do, but praise the Lord. God is moving in our lives, right, in our hearts. So at this time, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings, and we're going to be able to respond to this powerful message through an act of worship, which is tithing. It's an act of worship saying, Lord, I thank you for giving us the word, and we're going to respond right now with a worship act of tithing. 2 Corinthians 9 says that do not give out of compulsion or out of necessity, but everyone just take time to examine your heart and give what your heart purposes towards God. For God loves a cheerful giver. And as the ushers come forward, I have some announcements. Praise the Lord for some announcements here at Chapel of James. We have a lot going on in the month of October. Praise the Lord. Um, we have Brian Trejo this Sunday at 1230 under the 10. That guy, invite your friends. He's talking about bringing carloads over, vans and stuff like that. Carpool down here and, and enjoy that service underneath the 10. Also, we got a revival the 19th through 23rd. We're, we're pumping that up. We're preparing our hearts. Um, get a flyer from the back or get some flyers and invite a friend. Invite a family member, a coworker, or whatever that may be. The 10, 20, the 21st is, um, is as, as we're under the tent on our revival night, we're also going to have our youth conference here at Chapel of Change. Let's praise the Lord. So invite a youth, invite a youth, invite a friend. I know we have some youth here, but, but invite a cousin, invite your, somebody, your neighbor, whatever it may be, to experience what God is doing that night as well. So we have uh, options here to give. We're, we could give on website, we could give through text or through mail, and we have um, some sisters in the back uh, ready to facilitate through a debit card if you decide to give that way as well. Let us pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are doing a wonderful work in our lives, Lord. Lord, Father God, we want just to give you back, Lord, what you already gave us, God. And we want it to be worshiping towards you. We want it to be pleasing to you, just like a Epaphras when he prayed. And you noticed that, what he was doing. We want to do the same through our giving, Lord. Because, Lord, 
giving is a supernatural act, Lord. Only by the Holy Spirit that we're able to give in a cheerful way, God. So God, bless your people, Lord Father God. And give them, um, give them the ability just to provide for their families, provide for their loved ones. And Lord, we lift up those who are not able to give as well, God. May you touch them, Lord, in a special way. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Hallelujah. I know we have different um, prayer stations going on. I have one on Wednesdays at 5 a.m. If you want to join me, let me know. I'd love to have you join me. It's not in person. It's on Zoom, so you can. You don't even have to turn on your camera. Like Pastor Brian said, you don't even have to brush your teeth. But I would love to have you join me in prayer, and we, we will be laboring in prayer. Amen. So if you can just... Uh, Put your hands out in a receiving posture. I'm going to go ahead and have the pastors come up. They're going to be ready to pray with you after service. Please put us to work. We love to pray and we love you. And we know that prayer is powerful as we've been learning. So I'm going to bless you out. In the name of the Father who loved you so much that sent his son Jesus to die for you. And in the name of Jesus that hung on that cross, whose body was beaten for you. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who goes daily, who speaks to you daily, who enables you to pray, who reminds you to pray. Go today with the power, the peace, and the protection of God. In Jesus' name, God bless you, everyone. God bless you.